What if the key to unlocking student potential lies not in school, but at home with their parents? Listen to hear why parental engagement could be your biggest lever for student achievement. Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning. Welcome back to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm an international school leadership coach, and in this show, I learn with the teachers, leaders, and innovators making a difference around the world. My guest today is Dr. Kathy Weston. Having worked as an educational policy researcher for over 10 years, Kathy is fascinated by parental engagement in children's lives and learning and the relationships between home and school. She's authored a couple of books and established an online platform and community, Tooled Up. And I started by asking Kathy, what are the best ways to increase parental engagement in our schools? Let's jump in. I think, first of all, it's useful to sort of differentiate between what we mean by parental engagement and parental involvement. So I often say to head teachers, look, there's a big difference between, you know, getting parents into the bake sale on a Saturday to sort of raise funds for the school and parental engagement in children's lives and learning. And I think understanding that as a first, like what you're actually trying to achieve, what you're aiming for And why you're aiming for it is very, very important. So we know from the literature on parental engagement, which is quite established and substantial, that parents are a significant influence over their children's lives. And we need to remember that. I always say that, you know, schools can supplement what we do at home. And I think in a way, if we sort of center what we do in school around that philosophy, and seeing parents as an enormous, natural, amazing resource, uh, I think it's a very good place to start. And I think parents are very appreciative when they are are helped to be someone who can really engage, particularly in their child's learning, in a way that is different to what the school does, but sort of, you know, really enabled and empowered to do that. The one thing that we know uh, very strongly from the parental engagement literature is if we can help boost and develop parental self-efficacy, it's a game changer. So we need to help parents have more confidence in their own skills to support and help their child. So for example, if a child's struggling with maths, maybe their, their parent isn't feeling very confident in maths. What can we do to enable that parent to support that child in a way that aligns with what you are doing in school. And to me, that is the essence of parent partnership. And it's not just good for children's well-being, mental health, all of those outcomes. It is a lever for academic achievement. I love the way you've just phrased that. I think often, Kathy, in schools, it can feel sometimes like that the school almost maybe has maybe a heightened sense of self and importance in the child's life. And I love that you just said we're supplementing what's happening in the home. Yeah, a lovely example of that. You know, you and I will know that the quality of dialogue in a child's home or the amount of reading that goes on or the availability and accessibility to things like books, those are the the big game changers. And I think that, for example, if Parents just don't know often that, you know, oracy begins at home and uh, reading and literacy. That there's so mu- many things that parents can do to create that rich home learning environment. And if those children, you know, are moving into that school environment, we know that they're much more likely to do better academically. 
we can't underestimate the power of that home learning environment. So I'm a big fan of kind of emboldening the parent with a few things, small things that will make a big difference, you know, uh, and making sure that, you know, the boundaries, what we all do in that partnership, what are our roles? Are they differentiated? Parents are never going to be the teacher, but what can we do to to really work in beautiful tandem and partnership with that teacher uh, for the benefit of that child? So we don't want a combative relationship. And I know that I sound slightly utopian, but if we begin at the beginning with an appreciation, you know, making sure that parents know how important they are and they know how critical they are to that child's development, aspirations, even their psychopathology, then that's a really important place to start. Do you think that's the most critical point? You mentioned the word them feeling empowered earlier. You feel that when a parent feels empowered with, I guess, knowledge of what's happening in the school and how they can support, then that is more likely going to be a happy, collaborative and supportive parent for the school. Yeah. So take the example of phonics. Parents don't really need to understand the science of phonics, right? But they need to know what they can do. At, first of all, they ideally, they would understand that, you know, phonics instruction, they'd understand the evidence that it's very, very strong as a, as a basis for reading. The school would share particular points about the evidence base around particular initiatives. Why are we doing this? How can you help at home? Well, you don't need to know the science. You don't need to attend a workshop on phonemes and graphemes. What you need to do as the parent is understand phonetic sounds. When you're out and about, you can do these different things. You can try and find something in the forest beginning with k. There are ways in which we bring the parents with us. And I know we don't want to be too teachery and use sort of edu babble, I think Hattie's phrase is, with parents. We want to translate what we're doing into what they can do so that that spirit of partnership is constantly embedded into that uh, school philosophy and even into the curriculum. You know, if my son, who's just recently done physics GCSE, I don't know anything about physics, but I can be empowered as the parent with a list of questions to ask him to open up his thinking uh, to tell me, to teach me something. Schools can provide easy scaffolds for those sorts of dialogues. So it's it's little things. It shouldn't feel that onerous. Mm. And I think sometimes schools think it sounds sort of overcomplicated, but we're not teaching parents to be teachers. They don't need to understand too much about, you know, pedagogical approaches or anything complicated. What can they do in their absolutely fundamental role uh, in that child's life to supplement what you're doing. And every parent, every teacher has the same goal of that child feeling well, feeling thriving in all aspects of their lives. And reminding parents that you have a shared goal is very, very important as well. So it's not a case of, I've never, even as a parent, thought I'm sending my child into school and I'm hoping they're going to transform them. I, I think, what have I done to support the school? What can I do? And how will I continue to do that? I, I, I really believe that that mindset of the school supplementing my great work at home is a very useful one. I think that's incredibly useful. I'm just thinking, Kathy. some of my listeners at international schools, so fee-paying parents, I think some leaders are going to be listening going, okay, well, that, 
that sounds good. And I can recognize my parents who maybe have that similar vision. But I know many schools that I work with say, we've just got parents who are, who are not engaging with what we do. We've put on workshops and we don't get many turn up. So I think some schools will be going, well, how do I get this relationship started? Do you have any ideas for those kind of principals who are really struggling to strike up those positive collaborative relationships? Yeah. So I think that you should never repeat things that don't work. If they don't come to that sort of phonics workshop, you know, uh, of an evening physically, then stop doing it. Try and do something else. And I think always being committed to the idea of that parent partnership is very important. Sounds quite a simple idea, but it's very important to know your parents from the very, very beginning of that journey. Who are you? What do you want from us in this school? How can we develop? This is the kind of school that we are. We believe in parent partnership and we want to give you the tools to, you know, to, to sustain the great work that we've done in school. So maybe over the summer holidays and the evenings, whenever we pass the baton back to you, you know, we, we want, you know, you to feel that you can help uh, support your child, sustain the great work that we've been doing. There are always ways to reach all parents, but you have to know who those parents are. And I think at the very point of transition, you have a rich opportunity to find out. And you can be very honest with parents and say, look, we've realized you don't want to come to workshops, but we do, you know, we've, do you want to know what they're, we're, most parents don't really want to know the granularity of a curriculum. I'm not interested in whether my son's been, is going to study or has studied particular topics, what I'm interested in is what can I do to 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 really support him in your environment? And and I think that articulating that with the low-hanging fruit parents who are highly engaged, first of all, start there. <laughs> Don't worry about the 20% maybe that aren't engaged. Start with the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, that has a creates a movement within the parent body that's very positive. It creates precedent. Um, where you've got it right, you've worked it out. And some of those parents within that highly engaged parent body can be incredibly helpful for coming up with different ideas and initiatives. But knowing what you're trying to communicate, knowing what your objectives are, uh, some of those parents who, for want of a better term, are disengaged will be disengaged for completely different reasons to one another. So I've met parents who don't go to parents' evening because they're so highly engaged. They they think it's a waste of time to rock up to a table and a teacher to say he's doing very well, you know, and they've taken the evening off work. And they think, no, I prefer a Zoom call, thanks. Yes. So we have to innovate. We have to audit. We have to ask parents, what do you want? What works for you? What type of family are you? Are you abroad? Would you prefer a voice note about how your child is doing as opposed to a you know having to come physically? Let's innovate. Let's ask them, but always remain committed to find it, you know, to that partnership because it's quite easy to give up on. And I think if parents are disengaged personally as a head teacher, and I've done this with head teachers, you know, we've we've picked up that phone together. We've written to them. We've emailed them. We've tried something else. We've tried to work out what it is that that family is very, very interested in. So you can go to the ends of the earth uh, for for all families. And some parents will never want to really have that relationship with you, but there's a an awful lot of parents who do. <laughs> so I think that that's the sort of the the lens through which to sort of think about that. Thank you so much, Kathy. So I'm I'm hearing 
we need to be really clear that it's a shared goal between us as a school and the parents. We're wanting the same thing and making that really explicit. We shouldn't be giving up on trying to develop that relationship. And that really struck me now, actually. I'm reflecting on some schools that I've worked with in the past who I think have gotten despondent and gone, the workshop didn't work, therefore let's just not do them in the future. Rather than, which is the third thing that you said, is ask them, have a conversation with the parents. If something's not working, or even if it's working, talk to them about why it's working. Um, And potentially you've got, I guess a fourth thing would be finding those parents who are already the super engaged. And I think in many international schools, well, many schools around the world, your parents' support groups can be a perfect in point to get that information, right? If you have a very disengaged parent, there is nothing as amazing as a positive phone call home. So a lot of parents are frightened, you know, of picking up that phone from the school. They're maybe a little bit wary of authority or, you know, don't feel physically comfortable in a, in a headmaster's or teacher's office. So remember, just email, just phoning them with, with, with some piece of news, like they can't believe how well, you know, uh, Johnny was concentrating in his violin lesson today. He's so such a happy child, like whatever it is. No parent in the world doesn't want to hear that. So whatever you notice about their child, whatever excites you about them or what they're doing in school, just share it. And in some schools, one member of staff will spend 30 minutes a month making those calls to those parents and they can be game changers because it's it's the beginning of trust and it's the beginning of picking up the phone from that teacher. And it's the beginning of, do you know what? That teacher's quite nice because all parents want their child to be seen and valued and even and, and liked. And knowing that that teacher likes my son, who I love and adore, it's very, it's very important. And I think there are so many little things that can be done. You know, I know t- staff are very, very short on time in schools, but just experiment with those positive phone calls home and see how they go. You know, do be a researcher, you know, evaluate. Have you noticed, a di- like, will they come to the next physical parents evening? Will they show up on Zoom? So I think always, I think assuming perhaps a little bit of parental anxiety um, where there is a little bit of engagement and stepping instead of, you know, why are you not the finger wagging? Why are you not at parents evening? You know, we expect all parents to come. That's not really um, a tone that's going to work with with that sort of cohort. I love the test and learn approach that you're advocating for as well. Like have a go, see what works in your particular context and and, you know, be a bit like a scientist with it. I think that's really useful and quite an exciting process to go through as a school rather than thinking it's just not working we're not getting it right and just losing focus on that important relationship on evidence kathy i mean your organization tooled up is all about using evidence-based strategies for parents for in schools for supporting children would you be able to talk a little bit more about actually what your organization does um and and potentially maybe we can talk a little bit about some evidence-based strategies that you might be able to recommend to cultivate strong relationships? Yeah, so the the sort of the dual purpose of Tooled Up is really to build parental capacity in any school. And really that's about parenting, the quality of parenting, 
um, making sure that parents understand their power and influence in children's lives from a very early age, and making sure that we all, as parents, stay up to date with what the research says. So a very simple example would be something like screen time. A lot of parents worry about excessive screen time, but we know from the research evidence we should all be much more concerned about screen use and what our children are doing online. So we look for those golden nuggets within the research evidence. We believe there is a manual for parenting that is in the research evidence. And it's our job to sift through that as a research team. And, you know, I always say to parents, I try and apply this stuff in my own parenting, but it's there. And we know that academics can be it can be quite difficult for academics and researchers to disseminate their work. So we see ourselves as a conduit uh, and as a as an organization that will promote high quality research evidence to teachers and to parents. The other purpose of Tooled Up is to highlight the critical importance of evidence-based approaches in schools. So for example, if I read on a school website about children's learning styles, I'll never send my child to that school. <laughs> or if I read about particular, uh, you know, brain-based approaches, or if they have an entire program devoted to something that I know has been completely debunked, I wouldn't send my child to that school. I believe that teacher CPD is often neglected. I think that schools don't have budgets, time to really sift through what, you know, it's very hard to keep up to date with, and it can be quite complex to keep up to date with the freshest research evidence. But we try to bring the world's leading educational scientists or speakers in front of those teachers in a way that, not you know, they can rock up to the webinar, they can watch it back, it never expires. So for example, next year, World Education Day, we'll have Daniel Willingham, obviously one of the world's leading cognitive scientists, just there for our school teachers to ask him anything, to listen to him. And we're very proud of that. So we try and make sure we're all aligned. We're all, you know, sharing that. I think it's beautiful to share these approaches between, we've got all, we've all got stuff to learn. You know, so if you take the example of praising children, you know, we know from the neuroscience that, you know, the brain loves novelty, taking children aback with your praise can be deeply motivating. Parents don't know that. Some teachers don't know that. So thinking about even getting people thinking about the way that we praise children, it's so exciting to find those little nuggets and try them out as a parent or a teacher and to discover they actually work and you've had the result that you've been looking for. So we're on a mission to sort of learn together with teachers and to and to make sure that we all really demonstrate that kind of growth mindset in terms of a desire to keep learning. So we bring everybody within within our digital walls and we learn together and we're all using and applying that research together. So it becomes a sort of a big digital sculpture that is really shaped over time through usage. I'm really excited about this, Cathy. The idea that as a school, you can be confident enough through a tool like Tooldop to go, let's go on a learning journey with our whole community, like our teachers and our parents together as a team, as a support team for the, these children. We're going to look at the evidence and, and learn together. I think it's brilliant. And look at the trust that can be cultivated. 
when we had a fee-paying school with a new parent arriving whose child happened to be the only deaf child in the prep school. And the parent said, look, I'm worried, you know, about, you know, how this is going to go. You know, the staff don't seem to know too much about deaf education. I said, well, that's understandable. You know, some teachers haven't had that component in their training. So we organized it. Then we also supported the parent to realize she wasn't alone. And we, you know, created a resource with 250 organizations. So she felt, you know, she she wasn't alone trained the teachers with a particular webinar from the national leader on that area. And everybody was kind of good to go. They had a good idea of how to optimize that classroom environment for that child. The the parent was so happy that her needs had been met and she wasn't cross with the school that they didn't have that provision. She was happy that they wanted to learn, that they told her, look, this isn't really something that we're particularly familiar with in our school setting, but we're going to do it together. We're going to, we're going to put these mechanisms in place. And I think that that parent was deeply appreciative of that and that was working very well. So that's the kind of tone that we um, ideally would, would bring to those sorts of situations. And as you know, anything and everything can happen in that classroom and uh, very complex things can arise. You, you have to have quite a, a broad idea of a lot of different areas to sort of work out what to puzzle things out. And as a busy teacher, that can be very, very complicated. It really can. You've just mentioned on tone there, and you'd said about communication with parents needing to be authentic. Could you talk a little bit more about the the tone? Because when I speak to leaders, sometimes they are not quite sure on what tone to take. Should we be, as a school, really confident and authoritative because we're the experts? Or should we be, should we put our marketing hats on actually and try and, you know, we, we should be selling what we do or should we be just totally open books and just open ears listening? It's, it can be very difficult for a a principal or a, a leader or a teacher even to know what tone should I take when I'm having conversations with parents? I think it's a mixture. Hybrid approach is ideal. So If I'm sending my child to your school, I want to know who you are, what you're about, what's your vision for the school, and how can I be part of it? So I think that we're looking for authoritativeness. We're looking for warmth. We're looking for even humor, you know, accessibility, um, a feeling you you are in charge, you're the leader, you have a vision that we have bought into, essentially. Um, And how can we help you on that journey? So it's a mixture of all of those lovely qualities. And if a parent can hear passion in that head teacher, we know that passion is incredibly motivating. And I think that being themselves is very important. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you have to put up pictures of your dog on the PowerPoint to connect with parents. But people want to know, who is this person? You know, what do they believe in? Why are they here? You know, what, what, what? What can they communicate about how, and I know that they will be like this, how deeply passionate they are about the children in their care, but maybe tell some stories about children who've been through the school. Parents are very interested in that storytelling and hearing that, that, they, that they can trust this school to really get their child, to understand who they are. And parents are incredibly interested in obviously children's potential. They're always talking about my child's potential. You know, how will this environment shape 
this child and acknowledging to those parents in those opening talks how deeply they care and love their children, knowing that this person understands how it feels for me as the parent is very, very important. And I think it's a very beautiful place to start because parents are experts in those children and the head teacher are experts in teaching and learning. But it's the overlap, I think, that's very interesting. And again, if you're a primary school teacher, why should I hand over my precious five-year-old to you on a September morning when I have no idea who you are? It's counterintuitive to do that. And I think there has to be a little bit of self-disclosure that feels comfortable and warm and really enables that parent to, to hand that child over confidently. And that might just be, hello, you know, I'm Mrs. Weston. I'm originally from Belfast. I am so can't wait, you know, for your child to arrive in September. I've got my classroom ready. I'm going to show you around it. We're talking about simple stuff here that is really important to parents. Of course, education is a social enterprise, which means it's there's people involved. We're not just providing a cold, a cold service to these parents. It's these children are coming and spending a lot of time with other human beings, the teachers and the teaching assistants and the staff in the school. Of course, it's reasonable for a parent to want to know a little bit about about you, what makes what makes you tick, why you're there, what your purpose is, so that they can feel feel comfortable. And that comes down to that communication, that open, collaborative approach that, you've, that you, you advocate for so well. I also think, you know, I'm not naive. I think that we need to have a lot of dialogue with parents about behavior, how we're going to, you know, if I hired a nanny or a babysitter, I would have a discussion with them about how they're going to discipline my child, what is acceptable to me and unacceptable. And I think at the point of entry, again, to your school, you should make it crystal clear what your rules are and why you have them at that point and give them tangible examples of why you have particular policies in place. And if they don't want to belong to that lovely, inclusive, kind environment where you have established these behavioural policies for the good of all children, then they shouldn't be coming there. So I think you need to lay out on the table what, again, that links to that head teacher's vision. You know, what is it that we are about? Why do we discipline in that way? Why do we have those consequences? And how can ideally you reflect those behavioral approaches at home? Being on the same page, having that united front of educator and parent is, is really ideal not always achievable, but I think, again, use your power and influence at the beginning of the educational journey rather than in the middle of it. And and co-creating a little bit of that can be a very good idea. So, you know, um, I just wanted to sort of, I know that there can obviously be lots and lots of issues that arise, you know, and I know since COVID, schools have often reported Maybe, you know, a little bit more of uh, frustration, aggression, even in emails and things. But I think we can ward off a lot of that from some of the initiatives and ideas that I've described. Absolutely. And it's in the end, it's such a complex topic. And we've had, uh, you know, just a short amount of time together today to talk about it. But I think there's some real actionable ideas, especially for starting that relationship 
strong. Um, so thank you for that, Kathy. And for, for any listeners who are really interested in diving a bit deeper into some of those resources you've mentioned or insights that you've shared today, what's the best way to explore Tooldop? And are there any, are there any upcoming projects that they should keep an eye out for? Well, our uh, website is just www.tooldopeducation.com. And on the front of our site, it's quite a good, it gives you a flavor of how we work. We have Researcher of the Month feature. We have a very popular Wednesday wisdom that's read by 10,000 parents and educators every week. Um, And it gives you a flavor of that kind of parent partnership and also how we try and apply that research evidence in our parenting um, and in our educational practice. So that's the front page is a good place to start. Within Tooldop, we are planning conferences on ADHD in November, early years, language and communication in November. We have, as I said, World Education Day. We, we're lining up our speakers. So all of that lives within Tooldop in addition to the 700 resources that are currently there. But the most important thing about Tooldop um, as an asset to any school is that we will research anything you request. So we operate as a research arm to the school and to all families within it. So anyone is very welcome to get in touch with us. This discussion with Cathy today really highlighted for me the importance of parent partnerships for international school leaders. I took away a few ideas that leaders could put straight into action. For example, can you make an explicit commitment to parental engagement in your school's vision and strategy? Can you articulate why you do what you do and how parents can contribute? I also really love the idea of creating bite-sized parent tips focused on simple, practical ways families can support learning at home. And hosting joint parent-teacher development sessions focused on issues like behaviour, social and emotional learning, or supporting students with learning differences can go a long way to getting the support you need in your school. The big idea? Bring parents with you. You can find out more about Tooled Up Education by visiting their website, tooledupeducation.com, and I'll pop a link in the show notes. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning, original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, you'll love my newsletter with reflections on the latest episodes and leadership advice for international leaders. You can subscribe on my website, that's shaneleaning.com. And if you are online, reach out to me and share your leadership journey. You can find me on Twitter using the handle at leaningshane or LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. But if we don't speak before, I'll see you here next week.